Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. How are you guys doing this evening? Happy holidays. <clears throat> oh, shit. Happy holidays. <laughs> Happy holidays to everybody. Um, yeah, tough loss this past week. Hold up. Hold up. I'm getting this in. Breaking news. The Bengals are officially trash. <laughs> um, it was. I don't really. I, 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 want, I want you to start this off, and you tell me: uh, Do you have any thoughts coming out of the game? Bengals lose to the Cowboys, thirty to seven. Losing to our to my pops, Dalton. I got my Dalton jersey on tonight, people. I thought you guys. Uh, I think a lot of people said, "I don't think you'll ever wear it again." Here it is. But uh, <laughs> it do you was, have any thoughts? It was a tough game to watch. I mean, it was a weird game because there were a lot of fumbles and stuff like that, so it was hard to really definitively blame Zach Taylor in this game because you had Gio come out and fumble. You had Trevion fumble. You had Alex Erickson fumble. Uh, so it was definitely a weird game, a strange game. The only good thing I think was that AJ Green showed some signs of life. So that was, that was good to see. I also have to give Brandon Allen some kudos because he seemed to play a lot better. Felt bad for him though, because he had to play through that injury, but was definitely tough enough to play through it, but not too many positives from this game. I mean, I, I found myself just being frustrated at several different points of this game. And, you know, it just got to the point where I think I even in my live, I think I ended the live early. I think it was like right before they scored the 30, I was just like, is there even a point in continuing this live? Because everybody was just upset. There was a lot of frustration from the fan base. Uh, one one thing we got here is a, a shout out to Darkfire MCBE. Two dollars, he says that Zach is done after this season. Uh, I don't know. I've been hearing some things that might not be true, and so you know, if you guys feel that way, definitely make sure that your voices are heard. I don't know what we need to do. I don't know if we need to send letters. I don't know if we need to 
stage some kind of you know protest outside of Paul Brown Stadium. I don't know what it's gonna take, but from what I've been hearing, it does not seem like they really feel like Zach is gonna be out this year. So that's kind of weird for me to hear that. I heard it from some definitive people. It's not sounding good. You know, I just did I don't I don't know what to really take from that game outside of AJ. You know, I just there's nothing that I can really say at this point to get blown out by a team like the Cowboys and you know is drafting right after us and for it to be that big of a stretch is just crazy. What about you? Yeah, I feel like um you just you know the three fumbles early in the game, you give them 10 points off the break. It's just it's just so many different things that just as the game is going, you were talking about like you ended it early and stuff. I, I think in the live I did is just that we get to a certain point where we're probably not even talking about the actual game anymore. It's just like almost on in the background. Um, and we're just, you know, talking about like, what is it going to take to fix the team? So uh, weekly, I think that's the, that's the theme now, now that we're getting closer to the end of the season, it's like, what is the moves for the all season and how, how are we going to rectify this? And, Honestly, for the life of me, everybody knows I'm, I'm a very, very positive force in the Bengals nation or whatever. I just don't really feel good about the coaching portion of this. I really don't feel good about, you know, like GMs and um, all, the, all these dream scenarios. I just don't see them working out like with this front office. Like I, I could see a scenario where they spend a lot of money again uh, now that they have Joe Burrow because you, you, you do have – space to go do some things that you probably wouldn't do if you were paying your quarterback 20 something million dollars like it's a big difference so I can see them doing that but aside from that it is a rough time because mentally I just can't put together any pieces that make me feel any better you talked about AJ Green I thought that was really really good for him uh if he just got 75 yards like for the next three games or so he would have about 600 yards on the, on a year which is not bad you know, uh, for A.J. Green standards, is really low. But uh, Bengals got to get in the business of selling, selling stock high. Uh, I was thinking about doing a show like when I said we just go through different players and just say, like, time to move on, keep them or something like that. But, like, they got to get in the business of uh, selling stock high. They're, they're just going through so many players where they're just depleting all of their – their stock value out in the marketplace. So now when it, you know, like you get to, you know, the end of the season, like you just don't really have any leverage. You don't have any, you don't, you didn't get anybody for anybody. If you knew you weren't going to use AJ green like that, or you're using him like in a contingency type thing, like say T Higgins is hurt or something, I think is really what they were probably thinking. I know from John Ross's camp, they, this was about six, seven weeks ago. I was told, um, that they told John Ross directly, like, we're not activating you unless someone gets injured. And I almost feel like it's the same thing with uh, A.J. Green. And so for him to come out of it and possibly get, like, maybe 600 yards or close to it, it, it tells you a lot. Like, it tells you, like, he's so not done. And it's a shame that the staff is really, like, you know, like, really messed up and dropped a lot of uh, just I, – I don't even know. But the game itself, they didn't stand a chance. Three turnovers, game was open, period. No, I think uh, it's crazy because one of the first debates that we had, if you hadn't, haven't listened to the last one, please be sure to check it out. But the very first one that we had was an episode called The Great Debate. And on that one, it was last year. I think it was right before the trade deadline. 
And and Zim was saying we need to go ahead and trade certain players. I think it was Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap around that time. I don't know if we said AJ Green or not. I remember it being Geno and Carlos. I don't think it was AJ Green. But I, I feel like I can say that you were right about that. Like last year was when they should have traded those guys. When the stock was high, when it was time to move on from those guys, like Zim said, we should have done it. And because we didn't, we're kind of dealing with what we have now. Now you have a Geno Atkins that's out there playing with one arm that looks like he's a shell of himself because he's not 100% healthy. What can you get for him in the offseason? I'm not sure. You have a Carlos Dunlap that pretty much was in the same situation. You got nothing for him. So the Bengals are going to have to look at themselves in the mirror and, and try to figure out what they can do to try to get ahead of those situations, like Zim said, trading guys when their stock is high. John Ross, another situation where they probably could have tried to move him for something before just letting him go. Essentially, they just said that they're going to keep him, let his rookie contract run out, and I'm, I'm assuming that they're hoping that someone's going to sign him to big money so that they get a comp pick for him. But uh, that's just something that the Bengals have to do better at in terms of getting ahead of the curve. We've seen it with Andy Dalton. We've seen it with A.J. McCarron in the past. That's something that they're going to have to do to move move forward. The only thing is, even though I would hope for them to move on from Duke Tobin, hope for them to do all of these crazy things, the realistic thing is that they're probably not. Like They're probably just going to do what they typically normally do, and I think that that's a mistake in terms of the coaching staff. I can live with them keeping Duke Tobin. I'm not really mad if they keep Duke Tobin. What I can't live with, and I don't think this this, and I can't speak for all of you guys, so let me know in the comments. I can't stand for another year of Zach Taylor. Like I literally have zero faith in that. I've also heard some things that certain players might not be back in terms of that. Um, there are certain guys that they want that don't align with some of the guys that we possibly may think are some of the best guys in this team. And so I, I don't know if I can sign myself up for it for one more year. What about you? There's no scenario where I would feel confident with Zach Taylor because you just know that he doesn't have the chops to win a Super Bowl. And I've said this, I said this for a whole year, is that I know that Zach Taylor at some point in his career probably could win some games and he might get you to the playoffs, but he doesn't have anything mentally that can elevate anybody. He doesn't have anything um, schematically that can elevate anyone. And he doesn't have the aggression that you need to go make the big things happen at big moments in the game. And he'll never win a Super Bowl for the Bengals, at least. Maybe a coordinator somewhere else or whatever. So, you know, like, it's it's almost like the I I call it Dalton 2.0. To me, it's like you know what Dalton is or you knew what Dalton was. You knew that if you had a super team around him, you could possibly go on a run. A lot of people think we would have won a Super Bowl that year. I think if Dalton was healthy, healthy, I think we probably would have won out 2015 uh, AFC Championship game. That's just my personal opinion. But I feel like Zach Taylor is in that same realm. It's like you have to have like a perfect roster. Someone just wrote to me on Twitter and they said, what if we go get Brandon Sheriff, Trent Williams, and then we go draft like Chase Young and, you know, I mean, not Chase Young, uh, uh, Jamar Chase, uh, and, and, and fix the line and all this other stuff. And I said, yeah, if uh, if you did that, would you um, be on board with uh, Zach Taylor coming back? And the guy was like, no. And, you know, I think even with a super team, there's no way that they could come back. And uh, the Zach Taylor thing is just over. 
Um, I'm going to just read a couple comments because I don't know what happened to Ace just now. Uh, but Cody Williamson says, yes, the Browns family is the real problem. Um, uh, Aiken Rich says, Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan and maybe he could get the enemy. I feel like pairing Harbaugh up with a bunch of people I really, really like. I read a comment from somebody. Who was that? It was a good one. Yes, yeah, so the John Ross like best game of his career. Uh, in the Ravens Browns game, since he needs to step up the game, Green looked good, but he could have done that all season. Okay, this is the one. James J. Golden. AJ has dropped numerous passes and missed routes all season. Stop blaming coaches. He's a vet. Personal accountability. I feel like, for the most part, like you would be somewhat true. But there's so many different instances where he's not even getting a target. The last three games, he didn't even have a target. And he's still on pace to probably getting 600 yards. And a lot of these games, he didn't have targets. Early in the season, when he did get his uh, fair target share, or he had potentially a game-winning touchdown in the Chargers game. So I feel like that was, you know, like what A.J. Green could be. Is A.J. Green the A.J. Green of old? No one's saying that. But, you know, to say that, He's not worth the targets or to say that you want to play uh, Mike Thomas and give him more targets than A.J. Green. Like, that's just silly talk. Like, I can't even get beyond that. Uh, what other questions we got? I I don't know if y'all can hear from my voice. I am a little deflated. You know, like, uh, leaving, losing that game, I'm just searching for answers, you know, like everybody else. And at some point, it just kind of gets tired, uh, tiresome. And I feel like a lot of people just felt like, um, you know, I think Aces even said it too. It's like, it's like, yeah, we're like, we're the Browns. Or, you know, I heard somebody text, uh, tweet, uh, tweet me earlier today and say, you know, uh, last five years, uh, this is like the 90s all over again. And I don't think it's that, you know, like, I feel like it's so much more competitive in a lot of these games. But, the you know, like since the Washington, when Burrow goes down, like all hope, like they just look really, really bad. And even hearing the players talk after the games, it's just like, I feel like all the players just feel like losers. And that's the one thing every, you know, like from just losing, 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 trying to get this left tackle um, and Penny, that's all good. But the culture, Zach talks about culture and stuff like that. Like the culture is losing right now. Penny would come here and, you know, he maybe he does his thing, doesn't allow a sack, but I just feel like the culture is so damaged right now that I just there's a lot that has to happen. It's beyond a coach now. Like when I watch them, it's like really beyond just the head coach. Like there have to be a lot of different things in place to turn this thing around. And that's the sad part about it, because a lot of us want to win now, you know. And I always talk about the four-year uh, window of Burrow, but I just feel like it's virtually impossible because not only is there so many holes on the roster. You now have a situation where I don't think many free agents would even, you know, like you, you don't have the benefit of fresh Joe Burrow coming out. Like you got Joe Burrow coming off of ACL. You got so much dysfunction going in the locker room, all these different things like that. Like who's signing up for that from a player standpoint? Who's signing up from that from a coach's standpoint? That's our dilemma right now. And then – you don't have like a GM to instill like these moves. Like you have a de facto GM uh, that people are now losing hope in as well. So it's a, it's a tough it's a tough thing. But welcome back, Ace. I was trying to hold it down for you. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm back from the future. The Bengals did not fire Zach Taylor. So I don't, I, I don't know what's going on there. But uh, one thing, I don't know if you touched on it or not, Zim. One thing that I wanted to talk about was the A.J. Green post-game interview uh, with the with the Bengals. I thought it was I thought it was somewhat a mixed bag. And when I say a mixed bag, I think that he handled the questions well. Um, and it started off good. It started off with them talking about him tying Chad Johnson's record or getting ready to surpass that. And uh, it kind of shifted. I think Ben Baby kind of shifted it towards, you know, asking him in a roundabout way, are you coming back next season? And he kind of gave the answer I feel like he should have, which is, you know, it's going to depend on if things work out. He can't say definitively whether he's coming back or not. He's going to have to wait until things play out. Uh, what were you thinking, I guess, from your standpoint, like when you watched that? Did you feel like, did you feel like, you know, it was a situation where he's looking at possibly coming back? Or do you think that this is just kind of something where both both teams, AJ and him, are kind of parting ways and we're just not in the same phase? So he did mention that he wants to win at this point in his career. Um, just me, the the little bit of, you know, the the, you know, I like to think that, you know, I can call AJ a friend, you know, like me and him um text you know, quite often, but we don't really talk about football, but the one thing, me and him really talk about like just mental space. And the one thing that I just know that was so different from that interview versus what we saw in the off season is he was so enamored with the thought of retiring a bangle. Whereas you see now he's looking across the field, he sees Dalton in his jersey. He's like, man, that's so weird for me to see it. But he's like, it could happen. And there's a situation where, you know, I could play and maybe get my chance that way. Like he's he's looking at what could possibly be an option for him. Also, couple that with the fact that he he would just be silly not to, you know, test the market out because even even if Zach Taylor moves on and a new coach comes on and says, AJ, we really really want to you know want you. The only part, just the little bit that I do know about AJ is that he's super loyal. He's a very simple man. And that, that doesn't mean that he doesn't welcome change, but he doesn't strike me as somebody that's excited about change. You know, like, you know, I get excited about change, which is really weird to people around me sometimes. You know, like, you know, I, I just never been that guy. Like, I always just want to move. AJ is really, really, uh, he has love for the city. He has love for the fans. And he, and, he, and he loves the fact that he could possibly retire a Bengal and play all his years here. And in his mind, that's the way I think he's like got it sculpted out. But as he's looking across the field and he sees Dalton, he's like, yeah, like everything doesn't go as it seems, you know, as you might have planned it. And some of the things I tell him too sometimes is that, you know, like, you know, like keep your head up, you know, like this is God's plan. And some things just don't happen the way that we thought they were going to happen. And he and me and him, we, we generally agree on a lot of different things. Like, and that's that's generally where our conversations go uh, in text messages. But I say all that to say that he just would be stupid to say, yeah, that, that he's just coming back to Cincinnati right now. Like his agent would have had to talk to him. Uh, he'd be doing a disservice to himself and his family not to just test the market. And that's not to say that the Bengals don't come back with a crazy offer. Mike Brown loves AJ Green. Like that doesn't you know mean that they don't come back with more money than maybe somebody else is probably offering him. But he made it very clear he wants to be a part of the offense. And if the next coach, if Zach Taylor is removed, better be coming in and saying, 
you are the number three at worst. Six star, like I think AJ probably at this point after seeing a, a season like this, he'd probably say, "Yeah, I want to get uh, six targets a game." He might flat out just say that at this point, just going by what I've seen. He gets so dejected, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not gonna say too much, but he gets so dejected that he he wins early in these games, like or a lot of these routes early in the game, first half of the game, and they don't go to him. So then by the second half is. Uh, second half in a lot of these games, I think the coaches haven't handled it right where they're now saying, um, uh, you know, like, uh, AJ, you can't pout. You got to be a leader and stuff like that. And they make a conscious effort not to target him, you know, just because he's not handling the fact that he's winning on a lot of these routes and he's so not used to not getting the ball. And that's just a real sh- – that's a big shot. I just know that personally, like, that's a big shot for him to know that you're winning on a lot of these routes and you're not getting the ball. And uh, he just yeah. would be that, – that, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. I mean, is the door closed? No, it's it's slightly open. But right. I just I just think that at this point he's made over $100 million in his career. He's not looking for money. He's right. looking for a chance to win, and he's looking for a chance to be uh, – uh, even if it's a shell of himself, just be productive because the type of person he is – He's not looking to steal a paycheck. He, he's looking to have success because he wants to prove to himself and everybody else that he still got it. In his mind, he is still the GOAT. We all know that he can't extend the field like he used to or whatever. But in his mind, trust me, he thinks that, you know, like he's the same exact guy. So he wants to prove that. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head right there at the end is Ben Baby had asked him something like, what is your role in this offense? And he was like, role? I'm, I'm A.J. Green. What do you mean? He was like, I'm not taking any kind of small or reduced role. And I thought that that was interesting. And, it, you know, I think you also hit the nail on the head when you said he's getting open and, and beating guys on these routes and he's not getting the ball. And someone said something on Facebook that was very interesting to me. I didn't fact check it, but it was something that someone said – he said, who else believes that Zach Taylor has his quarterbacks not look A.J. Green's way? I've been saying it for since about week four. And for all of you who have never played a down of football, yes, this goes on where a coach isolates someone out of the game plan. I, I'm not, is, has he been the first look on some of them? Because I noticed in that interview, he said they were like, when you when you caught that touchdown, you knew you were going to touch it. You, you knew right. you were going to catch it. And he right. had said something like, yeah, I was the first look on that route. So I'm like, right. Okay. Mean? They didn't purposely, in a, in a way, they did purposely. In all of these games, and I said this on my live, I said, mm-hmm. if you look at a lot of these, uh, like even in the first half of that game this past week, they made a conscious effort to make it his the, the quarterback's first progression. So it's my belief that Joe Burrow goes into practice, goes into his reps, and when he's talking to the quarterback's coach and he's talking to Callahan, they said, this is your first read, second read, third read. By the time they get to the fourth, we don't even have an offensive line that could get you to a third or a fourth progression. So that's how this whole year has gone to me. Right. Yeah, so that's I was just wondering, and the only reason that I thought about it was because we do have instances where this staff has wanted to move on from certain players and they put them in certain situations. And I'm not saying that they're doing this, but I just had to think about it because when you look at guys like Carlos Dunlap and you look at guys that they don't like, they've always put them in situations to make it appear one way when these guys haven't, like they make it appear like Carlos Dunlap fell off, but we know as we can see now that that's not the case. It was just a situation that they put them in. And so I almost wonder that 
when it comes to AJ Green as well. It's not that I'm defending what this guy said or believing it. I haven't taken a look at it. Like I said, I just wanted to know if anybody else. This past week, this past week for sure. I, I, I even highlighted this on a on a bunch of uh plays or whatever. Like just they they're 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 like in, in, in a couple different sets. I don't think he was under center, mm-hmm. but AJ's out wide, everybody else is in tight. Like mm-hmm. that they're they're either stacking him throughout the year or they got him in this like outside like decoy thing, just just pushing the best uh the, you know, he's still getting the best corners on him all year. So like they've mm-hmm. just been on a lot of that nonsense all year. And for him, yeah, he's not winning one-on-one against Denzel Ward. So in those games, they're, they're, they're not going to go to him. And when they did go to him, Denzel Ward, like, took his lunch, you know, like every single time. So it is what it is, you know. Like, I don't see a team saying, A.J. Green, we want you to be the number two option. Like, I just don't – I don't know what that team is. Like, what team is – who doesn't have, like, a young number one right now and you know what I'm saying? Even I look at a team like the Ravens that need wide receivers, I just don't even think that's like a good fit. You know, like it, it's so that's the other part of it is like AJ's probably looking for something that doesn't even exist. Right. Yeah. So uh moving on from that, I guess we have to we have to look forward to this Monday night game against the Steelers. Uh obviously it seems that it may be without possibly uh, our backup quarterback, Brandon Allen. I don't know if that means Ryan Finley. I don't know if that means they bring Kevin Hogan up. Is there anything that would that you're looking forward to in this game? Because, like, it seems like for me every time it can't get worse. It's always something else that happens. Andy Dalton coming back and blowing us out. Now I'm like, all right, I'm just trying to get to week 17, get Penay, hopefully sewed up. Is there any any positives that we can take out of this matchup from the Steelers that's coming up on a primetime game? It's, it's supposed to be a primetime game with the Steelers at no. this point with Ryan Finley. Like, he might get sacked 20 times in this game. No. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just – it's like, no, I'm like, all right, all right, let me give, let me give you the professional answer. All right, let's rewind. Uh, <laughs> they have to play some young guys. Like, Marcus Bailey got in a lot uh, this past week or whatever. Um, they just got to play the young talent and see what you got in a lot of those in a lot of those positions. And also, you know, help some guys out. Like, you know, like, help A.J. Green out. Like, get his record. Like, do some stuff that fans can cheer about, like. It, it might not mean nothing on the scoreboard or whatever. Like, go get him his touchdown to tie Chad Johnson. Like, do stuff like that. Like, I think that's the cool part of sports. Like, there's some things outside of that. Like, you know, like, help guys out, like, hit some of their goals and make them feel confident. Like, that matters. Like, Tyler Boyd wants to be one of the best, you know, wide receivers in the league. Like, you know, make him a focal point. Like, he came on after the, the game, and he wrote some cryptic stuff saying, like, you know, like, people lied to me or whatever. I don't know if that's directed to the Bengals or whatever. But clearly, he thought he was going to be a bigger play, uh, part of the game plan. So, like, help those guys out. Make sure you get a good rotation. Stop playing Geno Atkins. Just let him go get his surgery. Like, get him out of there. I don't, I don't know what the hell, like, that's about. I, it has to do with money, like, where they're giving him, like, 10 or 15 snaps a game. It has to be something contractually, like. Well, I, I don't want to. It got to be, like, I, you know, we know so, we knew something before the season that he wanted right. to do. That right. I, I don't really want to share because I wasn't giving permission to it. But right, um, well, I, I'm just gonna say what I think. I can't say verbatim or anything, sources or anything. I think that they're just trying to prove a point 
to the front office like they did similarly with Carlos Dunlap. Uh, Carlos Dunlap was a guy that was invested in Gino as well, same day that they extended those guys. I think this staff wants to move on from them, and they're doing whatever they can to try to force the front office to say, you see, we said Geno Atkins doesn't have it anymore. Let's move on from him. Which silly. I think it's silly. I think it's silly. Um, if you're picking between, you know, some of these players that have played for the Bengals, and, you know, some people feel like you should never side with the players and stuff like that. I think you can in this situation. This staff is not good, and, and they have done nothing, in my opinion, to earn the loyalty over a guy like a J, A.J. Green, over a guy like a Geno Atkins. You know, it just – I don't know. This is where we're at in the season. Hopefully things will end on a positive note. Um, that's all I have. Zim, was there anything you wanted to talk about before we get out of here? I thought some, somebody in the comments – this is going to be the last thing I want to talk about. Somebody yeah. just wrote a really uh, – oh, hey, look, I said on the live I wanted Eberflus. Throw that, that name in there too. I, oh, I think I said yeah. that on uh Cam show the other day too. Yeah, you said I like, it, I like Eberflus and I do like Monkin. Like, those guys bring a little culture with them, so I think that's one way to kind of outsmart the front office, woes, and different things like that. But uh, Lawrence Hunter posed a really good question just now, or he said a good statement. He said, A.J. Green to the to the Texans or the Green Bay Packers. I want to ask you that question. Do you think, like, mm-hmm. I, I was just thinking in my head, like, what is a team that A.J. Green could go off on, like, and get, tar- get targets? Green Bay, anybody can get yeah. targets, right? But, yeah, like, yeah. Tra- but, like, tell yeah. me, like, who do you think, like, if you had to guess, what is a team you think A.J. Green could succeed the best with? What is a team that you think John Ross could succeed the best with? I think for A.J. Green, I think you hit the nail on the head again. I think it's Green Bay uh, because I want him to not only get a chance to go off, but I want him to have a chance to win as well. And I think with Aaron Rodgers, with that, with Green Bay, he's going to have a chance, right? That division they typically usually run. You got Detroit over there. You got Minnesota, who's in some turmoil this season. So I think he has a good shot of making it. And to just see Rodgers to Green would be crazy. It would suck because obviously he's supposed to be in stretch for life. But that would, I would be happy for him. For I would love it. I would love it, bro. <laughs> I would love, like, right. like you know how Dalton lovers this past week, like they came out of nowhere. You know, like I got, I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm an original Dalton lover. Everybody thinks I hate Dalton. I got three Dalton jerseys. I went in my closet, <laughs> like. Truth be told, I got three dog jerseys. That's the reason why I hate him so much now. But yeah. but <laughs> but AJ Green though, um, you know, like I I don't know. That's just a wild scenario. I just don't see. I don't see him being happy in that role. Like Green Bay, like it, he might go some games where he don't even get it. Like they got some guys over there, so it. You know, like he wants to be the focal point of a team. Like mm-hmm. I can see him working out with the Texans though. I think with. Uh... I think with uh, John Ross, I would say uh, New Orleans Saints. I think Sean Payton would know exactly yeah. how to use him. He's had a similar player before, kind of in Brandon Cooks. I think that he would do well, do well in in that New Orleans offense. Yeah, he would for sure. They got the the burner. Uh, what's the little? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Trey Conn Smith. Trey Conn Smith. Trey Conn Smith. I I like. Yeah, I like his game for what he offers their team, but. John Ross could absolutely. Oh my God, Ross and like Kamara on on jet sweeps, like 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 coming out of there, like just dump off like in space. Oh Lord, that would be crazy. I I think Ross with the Chiefs too would be crazy. Yeah, Ross with the Chiefs would definitely be crazy. Anybody with uh, Andy Reid, he's always been a guy that I admire from afar. Like ever since he was in Philly. 
I couldn't understand why Philly got rid of him, which I feel like it was just because he couldn't get them over the hump. But he's always had like crazy rosters with tons of skilled players, even when they had Shady and D-Jax and Macklin, like back in the day, like he's right. always yeah. had some crazy teams. You know where else uh, Ross will go off at? For the Bills. But they got Gabriel Davis and they got the other dude, McKenzie. That's I had to I had to give it to those Bills fans we got. Remember, hey, you remember the Bills? Hey, they bro. were right. I hey, had look, to give it to Hey, them. look, before the season, I, I called Ace. I had just got on Twitter for real. Like, I had a Twitter account, but I never been on there. Like, my second week on Twitter, I said, bro, it's like 12 Bills fans on here that are telling me that Cole Beasley is better than Tyler Boyd. And I laughed at the whole notion of, like, Cole Beasley. I'm like, bro, he's, like, one injury away from being out of the league. Fast forward to December 2020, Cole Beasley is an animal. Stephon Diggs is killing him. Like, I, I never was hating on Stephon Diggs. I, he's yeah, on my I fantasy it. team. I thought he was – like, he's one of my favorite wide receivers. But they was talking about – um, who was the other dude that they was talking about? John though? Brown. John Brown. But is John Brown hurt, though? He's hurt now. At the time, okay. I don't think he was hurt, though. All right. I, I feel hurt. like it was somebody, but they was really loving Cole Beasley, and I couldn't get it. I was like, I mean, we got Cole Beasley on our team. His name is Alex Erickson. I couldn't, you know, like, I didn't know he was lit like that. But I, I feel like he's a big a big part of that is Josh Allen is really coming to his own. The offensive coordinator. I heard McKenzie. Did they talk about him, too? McKenzie. Nah, they wasn't talking about him like that then. I was asking, like, because they were talking Gabriel Davis, I think. Gabriel it's the Davis. Dude, like, Jay but, Kumro's over there. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Touchdown Jesus. Jay Kumro. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, that, that Bills is lit. Uh, a lot of people like their coordinator for us to be a coach. Uh, guys from Canada, his name is like Copal or something like that. He's made their offense so lit. I forgot how you say his name, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. But I appreciate you guys for being invested in the team, still coming to our lives, still checking us out, checking Ace out daily on YouTube, checking me out on Instagram, Zim underscore who they, Orange is the New Black Podcast. Got anything else you want to say? Because that's all I could possibly say without crying. <laughs> yeah. all, I, all I can say is uh, thank, you guys. thank you guys for the support and everything. Please be sure. Sorry, my internet's cutting out. Please be sure this holiday to check out uh, Zim's um, 25% off at zimhuday.com. Please be sure to check those out. That gear is fire. I got the mugs going on. If you want to cop one, we got some links and stuff in the description. So please be sure to check that out. But we appreciate you guys supporting us, listening week after week, uh, tweeting us and everything. We appreciate you guys. And definitely have a happy holidays. Don't let the Bengals ruin your holidays. Go ahead, Zim. No, that was it. I mean, I was uh, John said all of it uh, in peace. I was like, peace. Everybody stay safe. Keep your mask on. We're going to get through this. Uh, somebody said I was high this past week on my live. I said, no, I'm just high on life. I'm thank God. I thank God that I'm still alive and I'm out here because a lot of people ain't make it. So here we are, 2020, going into 2021. Hopefully we can correct this thing. Make sure you go to ZimHooday.com. Promo code is Queef. <laughs> Q-U-E-E-F. 25% off. Everybody, Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Happy Hanukkah. All that good stuff. Hooda! Hooda! Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? 
Smart Water Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Right now, businesses are facing tough choices. Do you cut costs or drive growth? Solve for today or build for tomorrow? Do you satisfy your shareholders or satisfy your customers? The answer is yes. You don't have to choose. With the intelligent platform for digital business from ServiceNow, you can say yes to unifying your existing systems and yes to accelerating growth. Visit servicenow.com to see how we can help you put yes to work. The world works with ServiceNow.